Amen. Man, I've needed these sermons today. And last night, I'm sure as well, I was not here as Missy was here. Um, But the ones this morning in particular, they just hit specific areas in my own life. And I'm praying that's true of you as well. And I'm praying there's a little more room. We got one more sermon for us. We're going to be 1 Thessalonians 5, a brief text for a brief sermon, I promise. Uh, 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18. And I've been asked to address you on gratitude in our homes. And that is something that has been working on my own soul. This is what 1 Thessalonians 5 says, and we referenced it already today. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ for you. Father, would you bless this word, we pray. Amen. Each year on my family vacation, there comes a dreaded moment, the family picture. Toddlers mutiny, dads whine like babies, and the whole thing typically ends in some hilarious photos and some not-so-hilarious marital conflicts. And typically, the little runts ruin the photos, but I've also been known personally to ruin several of my own. Here's a picture of one of those times. Not a vacation photo, but a wedding photo. Looks like a great photo until, if you can go to the next slide, you zoom in a little bit and a little bit more. Did I get in a fight before the photo? No, a wisp of grass struck my eye as I was leading worship, and I ruined Kelsey's wedding forever. Now, as infamous as that photo is in my family, it doesn't come close to some of these awkward family photos. This just proves that denim is not always going to solve the photo right here, but this next one is legendary. I actually think this is goals for every family right here. And this this last one is a proof that even if you think you have the right photo, after the fact, you'll realize there was a disaster that took place. Now, these photos are really, really awkward and bad, but I've seen some of your photos, and I've honestly found myself a little jealous at times but at your photos. What's behind that? When we see others' photos, or maybe hear of their vacations, and we wish we could get our family or our friends to look like something or someone else. When we struggle with this, we're more focused on what we want our home to be like rather than being grateful for the way that it is by God's grace. The command of our passage in verse 18 is to give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ for you. That's all circumstances includes our home. From chapter 4 of this book on, there are 37 different commands that proceed from Paul's lips, and nearly all of them are active, engaging, commanding us to an ongoing fullness of life, of living out the Christian walk. They're like an aquarium of life, a beautiful tropical fish. Most of these commands are just constantly in action, and one of the most beautiful of all is this command in constant pursuit of Jesus, to always be thankful. It's to us all, not just to church leaders, though it is to us, 
not just to the perfect nuclear family, not just to the married, not just to the wealthy. He says, to all, literally, you all must give thanks. These words are comprehensive. Like we rejoice always and pray without ceasing, we're called to give thanks always. And friends, I know there's real grief in some of your lives. Some are longing for children. Some are longing for marriage. Some are feeling the agony of parenting a prodigal. But the command to give thanks in all circumstances is here nonetheless. Not meant to silence your lament, but meant to open your eyes to the real and true and beautiful ways that God is undeniably working in your life. So how do we do this? Four brief ways (laughs) Gratitude shapes how we relate to our homes. First, we celebrate who and what we have. First, our homes and friendships are filled with precious image bearers. Those sinners, those people that get under your skin, are made in the image of God, specially to reflect Him, specially to know Him in this world with sacred worth. You are living life with humans made in the image of God. And the people in your homes are your humans. These are the people that God has uniquely and sovereignly placed into your life for your sanctification, right? For your joy and good. God is sovereign and he never makes mistakes. And he has specially chosen your village. His goodness is behind your village, Paul says, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God for you. So to not celebrate the people in your home is to doubt the goodness of God for you. He rules over your life, and he deserves our thanks. So rather than focusing on what others have, gratitude trains us to trace the people in our life to the kindness and goodness of God and not take them for granted. And rather than focusing on another family, or maybe a past version of your own family, with envy, gratitude shapes us to celebrate who we are right now by God's grace. Second, we remember the mountaintop and the mundane experiences. By mountaintop, I mean when you feel super close to God. There's these moments in our homes where we see uh, uh, one of our children taking first steps in their faith. There's these moments where our marriage seems to just take this next step in our life where we feel close to God. And we should give thanks to God for that because that is not us. That is God pouring his mercy and grace upon us. But even more than those moments we feel close to God, we should constantly be thanking God for the mountaintop of Calvary that he has accomplished in our place. The cross that has poured amazing grace upon us. Nancy Lita Moss, I believe that was her former name. I don't know. I think she got married since I wrote this quote down. But she has an amazing quote on this. She says, undeniable guilt plus undeserved grace should equal unbridled gratitude. That's what you have received In Calvary, you have received undeserved grace. Your undeniable guilt has been taken away, and thus we should be filled with gratitude. 
but not just in the mountaintops, even the mountaintop of Calvary. In the mundane of our lives, in our homes, we are surrounded by reasons to give thanks. The toaster, the allergy meds, praise God, the sunshine after rain, the oxygen as we breathe during sleep, the roof over our heads. Every moment of our lives, there are thousands of things constantly taking place for which we should be thankful. And so we pay attention to the mountaintop and the mundane. Third, gratitude shapes us to commit all that we have back to God. There's two motions of faith that gratitude trains us to make. We receive from God all things, and we give them back to God in praise. Receive and give. We see all things as from Him. And that means we don't deserve the family that we were born into. That means that we don't deserve the people that God has placed around us. We give Him the credit for that. And we receive these people as gifts from God, and we give them back to Him in praise. Our kids, not for our respect. Our spouse, not for our own sense of fulfillment. Our parents, not for some legacy, but all from God and for God. The people in our homes are not from us or for us primarily. For from Him and through Him and to Him are all things, and we can add, in the home. And so we commit all that we have to God. And that type of grateful engagement in your homes will have a radical impact on your happiness you can be like Maria Mahalik, who was glowing with joy as she recounted the faithfulness of God through years of sorrow. In fact, gratitude is one of the surest signs of true and godly happiness. One writer has said this, when someone continually talks about how happy they are, I tend to doubt them. But when they talk about how grateful they are, I know they have found happiness. Gratitude shows us where our happiness is rooted and provides for us true and lasting happiness. Finally, we remember our eternal home. And this is a happy word for broken homes. Your earthly home is not your ultimate home. You are citizens of heaven. You are the bride of Christ. You are sons of God, and you belong to a hope that will never be shaken, to a marriage that will never waver in love, and to a father who will never fail you. That family will never let you down, and that family will free you to serve and love and give to the earthly family that God has placed you in. Here and now, our earthly families will fail us. We should expect sin, sorrow, trial to fill our homes. We cannot expect the realities of heaven to be the reality of our earthly family. Though our homes are challenging, they are full of grace if we look. We can celebrate those limited moments of beauty if we remember our heavenly home is coming. But if we have the wrong expectations on our earthly homes, it will drain us of joy. If we expect the happiness of heaven here and now, we will be disappointed. But if we seek to be grateful for limited growth we see here and now, and we remember our future home, 
we can be joyful even as we see struggle. Because suddenly suffering is a reason for future glory. Suddenly loss reminds us of the permanence of heaven. Suddenly even being cut off from our homes for following Christ is something we're willing to do because we know that glory awaits. Our heavenly home will fulfill every hope. So friends, giving thanks in all circumstances, for it is, God who, who, it is God's will for you, is something he's called you to and doing in you. He even now is helping you change. I thought it was appropriate to quote 1 Thessalonians 5.23, the benediction of this letter in close of this sermon. This is a promise that God is working gratitude in you. Gratitude is a part of the complete sanctification that he promises to surely do in your midst, even as you trust him. This is what it says. Now, may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who called you is faithful. He will surely do it. Amen.